You're listening to That Champion Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Emmanuel. Mommy. M. M. <laughs> okay, you can just call me M, okay? I am obsessed with all things wellness, but with a twist. I go from wearing sweats to sequin dresses, and from freshly brewed coffee to sipping on a sparkly nightcap, and I just aspire to live an inspiring lifestyle. So tune in every week for some solo episodes and mind-blowing conversations with guests that will make you want to step up your game. Because we're here for that everyday bougie energy and becoming the best versions of ourselves. Are you ready? Let's just dive into it. Hey guys, welcome back to new Epi of That Champagne Lifestyle. How are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic actually. I have been spending a lot of time just at home, you know, how we're always on the go and like running around and just trying to like make everything happen and be balanced and sane and all of that good stuff. But I've been really, really mindful of like actually spending the time doing it. And this weekend has been such a like quiet one. And at one point I was just like, oh my God, I'm getting like anxious, you know, like there, this is, I'm bored. <laughs> when was the last time you were bored? But then I remembered, I'm like, you know what? This is good. It's okay to be bored. It's okay to just like let life be and not have anything going on. Anyways, I just want to say this because yeah, it, I feel really, really in tune this week with like my energy because everything is just, it's balanced, it's flowing. It just, it's the way I love things. So today's podcast episode is a really cool one. Actually, I sat down with Corinne Brown who's a certified online trainer, nutritional coach, and she's just a gorgeous model. And I really wanted to have this conversation with her because she posted something on Instagram a couple of, I was going to say like two weeks ago maybe, um, about the fact that no matter what size we are, we all struggle with body image. And I was just like, yeah, let's just dive into this. Like we're not sugarcoating things here. We are human. We are like our bodies are constantly morphing and changing and adapting depending on our cycles and all of that. So I was really, really excited to have her on the podcast. Um, I randomly met her on Instagram and honestly, I feel like her and I weren't meant to connect. So we talk all things about like body image, body dysmorphia, sustainable weight loss. Um, just like she shares the best tips with us. And honestly, something that really, really, um, came through to me is already something that I do on a day-to-day but I mean just always be reminded is always such a good thing but it's the fact that our sleep and stress if that isn't manage your nutrition and your exercise and everything that you do all of the effort that you're putting in it's just not gonna show so honestly Corrine uh everything that she shares in this podcast episode is gold you guys are gonna be taking some notes I know it definitely slide into my dms let me know how you are enjoying this episode and always let me know when you do because if you rate and review the podcast um, on Apple or even on Spotify, guys, definitely let me know. Send me a screenshot because I have something for you guys. Just like a little token of my love and appreciation for you guys. So I love you. Have the best this week and we'll talk soon. Mwah. Hey guys. So today I am with certified online trainer and nutrition coach and beautiful model, Corrine Brown. Hey babes. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm so happy that you're on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I want to dive into like the best conversation because that's exactly how I found you online on Instagram. But before we dive into 
that really juicy conversation, I want to start warming up the conversation with a couple of questions just to get to know you better. The audience can get to know you better and see what we have in common. Awesome. Sounds good. (laughs) What's your current morning routine? So I am a sucker for a good morning routine. That's for sure. But mine's pretty basic. Um, Whenever I wake up, first thing I do is I make my bed because I just believe that's the first thing that just gets you going. It's the first task that you accomplish within the day. And after that, of course, have to do the skincare routine, oral care. Um, And then I am a big stickler on water before coffee. Because when we're drinking coffee, as soon as we wake up, we're dehydrated from just sleeping what those seven to eight hours that we should be getting. So making sure that I have my water, coffee with breakfast, and then I um, am huge on gratitude. That's something that I've brought into my life. And it's really helped me just be more present with myself and be blessed for the things that I currently have in my life. So if you've ever heard of the five minute journal. Yeah. A big fan. Right. Um, So I just write down, you know, three things that I'm grateful for, a daily affirmation and three things that I just want to accomplish within the day. Um, And then I either end up going to the gym or I start working. Love that. And I love the fact that, yeah, water before coffee, you have your coffee with your breakfast or before eating breakfast. I have it with, I used to just do like coffee and wait for breakfast, but I realized that that was giving me a lot of anxiety, just not having like any food on my system and like having caffeine right away. It raises your cortisol levels when they naturally raise in the morning. So I made sure to have my coffee with my breakfast now. Um, and it also helps with your skin. So a little, little vanity tip there for you too. <laughs> I love that you mentioned anxiety because I, I started eating breakfast a couple of months ago. I was never big in breakfast, never had time, never made the time, never was hungry. But since I started introducing breakfast in my mornings, I feel like my anxiety has been grounded because I was using too much coffee before that. So it makes so much sense what you're diving into. What is your, I mean, you're a model. So what's your favorite wellness or bougie tip? Like something that just gives you the feels. This is the first thing that I thought of, and I don't know if it's like something that's necessarily bougie, but I feel like people need to know about this because I didn't, is I tape my mouth shut before I go to sleep. You do? I (laughs) saw- Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, I saw- I mean, the skinny confidential. She does that every night, Lauren Everett. And I'm like, I need to try it. Tell me about it. I'm I'm a chronic mouth breather. And like my husband, I swear he has more pictures of me sleeping with my mouth open than any pictures of like, like cute pictures of us together. Cause he makes fun of me all the time. Like I'm the ugliest sleeper. And I didn't like ever hear about this until I believe it was, of course, another podcast, I did hear about Lauren talking about it. And I think it was some neuroscientist that was just like saying that what it pretty much does is it causes your face to just morph in a weird way. So you have like tired eyes, you could get a crooked nose. And this is like over time doing this years and years. Um, You have a receding chin forward head posture and poor definition within your cheekbones and it sets your jaw back. So your face just completely morphs just from having your mouth open a little bit. And then on top of that, it causes snoring, 
um, bad breath, you can actually get a lot of cavities just from breathing in the bacteria through your mouth. Um, and then just like waking up tired and irritable, that chronic fatigue and just overall brain fog. And when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this my whole life. I need to make sure I don't do this anymore. So I just get this tape from Amazon. It doesn't bother me. I mean, within the first couple of days, I'm like, yeah, this is weird. But now it's kind of like, I almost need it to go to bed because I'm so used to it now. And it teaches me to breathe out of my nose. Oh my God. I definitely need to, I I, I mean, this is like the sign for me to try it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very curious about it, but I'm really happy to get your insights. Because we see all of these products and all of these to-dos are like tips. And un until you have someone that actually explains it to you, you're like, mm, skeptical. Look up a picture. Like if you just type in mouth breathing, they'll get it first nose breathing. It'll show you like how your face changes. And that really got me because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to look like that. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your city energy? Like we all have a city that expands our soul and that we're just like feeling our best selves. What's yours? Absolutely. My younger self would say Miami, but I go to bed at nine o'clock now. So definitely not that anymore because I feel like people don't start partying until like 2 a.m. down there. But just like honestly, anywhere with a beach. I, my soul energy, like I just feel at place whenever I am near a beach, reading a book and just chilling and just being with nature. And I absolutely love a beach. My husband always asks me like, well, where do you want to go for our vacation next? And he's like, can you not mention a beach? Because I feel like that's all we do. And I'm like, but I love them. Like, that's just my happy place. But like daytime beach. <laughs> yes. Yes, so sure. daytime Miami would be. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Um, and what's your favorite way to celebrate life? Favorite way to celebrate would be just to have like my closest friends and family surrounded with me and just having, enjoying great food, maybe like going to like a rooftop dinner, taking fun pictures and just being with the people that I love the most. That's something that always gives me so much joy. I love that. It's so, it all comes back to like the simple things. Right. Right. You know? And what's your why? My why is pretty much to just help women not go through everything I went through, um, just through being so obsessive with my looks, my body, um, always obsessed with weight loss and dieting. I spent the majority of my life focused on that, and I want to help women get out of that mindset and be able to learn that there's so much more than just what you are seeing in the mirror there's so much more to you and everyone's unique and there's a beauty in that and um, I help women through that every single day and I'm lucky to say that through my business and um, it really just keeps me going of them just you know either learning from all the mistakes that I've made or unlearning the diet culture and the fitness industry in general it's so important this is how we well I we connected that's how I found you randomly on Instagram. Uh, I was going to say TikTok, but no, uh, Instagram, because you posted something that really, really resonated with me. Um, and I know that this is something that not only resonates with me, but with women in general. And this is the post that you posted. You mentioned bad body image days happen to uh, no matter. Okay. Bad body image days happen no matter what size you are. 
Absolutely. And what I find so interesting is that diet culture always shows like this example of like a really fit woman. Now she's curvy, but a couple of years ago, she, she had no curves. And we're all like trying to figure, and yes, there's like more and more of like, all these body shapes and we're like promoting all of that bot like self-love body image body love and all that and I'm so here for it but even though I like we see and this is like the culture these days we still compare ourselves I still compare myself I still see myself as someone who is skinny fat like is that how you said yeah skinny fat like I'm very petite but I like I see the fat but I'm very petite so my perspective is very screwed up in a way from what other people would see. So let's dive into it because I really do feel that, yeah, like no matter what your body looks like, we all tend to be so negative and severe with our own body image. A hundred percent. I agree with that fully. And I think we all have some level of body dysmorphia what we see in the mirror, not everyone else sees. And we're, we're our own worst critics. We're always going to be hard on ourselves. And I don't care if you are the most, you know, self-confident body, positive, loving person, you're still going to have those bad days. And it's not normal. If you don't, we're human, like we're going to compare. I mean, we live in a world of social media that you can't help but compare yourself even whenever you don't want to. So it's really just learning to be more mindful of that and just understanding that even, you know, these women that I look up to that I think are drop dead gorgeous, they still struggle the same way as me sometimes. And we have to be okay with that and understand that that's normal. So what's your story? Uh, Up until like all of those years where there was struggle, there was insecurity, your experience up until the awareness moment because there's got to be one moment where you're like okay something's got to change and it probably has something to do with my mindset yeah absolutely let's dive into that I would say it honestly started with me when I was really young like late elementary school young I always young I always compared myself to people when I was little and I just wanted to fit in And I always looked at my friends because they were just a lot shorter than me. I felt just like a giant. Like I was even bigger than taller than the guys. And growing up, I've always had a full face and I had really big chubby cheeks when I was little. I wouldn't say that I was like extremely overweight or anything like that, but I just felt different and I didn't want to be different. And so it started all the way back then. And then I come from a very fit family. Uh, My mom was a fitness trainer. My dad was a uh, football coach. My brother was like just an all-star athlete. So like we were just known as that. And I would get a lot of people comparing me to my mom. And my mom had an incredible body growing up her whole life. Um, She struggled with um, anorexia herself when she was younger. And she had a lot of health problems due to that. And I just saw that my whole life that she was always dieting. So it made me think that I had to do that myself. So whenever I was in high school, I decided, you know, I just want to eat healthier. And I started to see results just from making simple swaps. Um, And I got a lot of attention from it. And I was like, Oh, I want to keep this going. So of course, I went to the extreme. And 
I put myself in my first bodybuilding competition. And from there, How old were you? 17 years old. Oh my God. You're like, your body is still right. coming. Like, my I, right. And I put my body through hell doing this diet because I hired this coach that was just old school. And back then it was, you know, a lot of protein, of course, no sugar, no fats, minimal carbs, only water and just like healthy fats in general. That's so important for us women as our hormones are just developing as we're getting older. My period completely stopped. Like I didn't have a period for probably a year, year and a half. Um, I would do cardio two times a day on top of weightlifting. It was to the point where it got so bad, my whole body would break out in hives because I was working out so much that a doctor actually diagnosed me with exercise. I'm going to mess this up. Exercise anaphylaxis, which is just you're allergic to exercise because I was abusing my body. Yeah. You're basically like your inflammation. Right. From overdoing it. And just from like, and I did this for my gosh, until I think it was like about three years that I put my body through this. And honestly, what it taught me just going through this, the bodybuilding was I didn't have a normal life like any high schooler because I was disciplined. I was would wake up at four o'clock in the morning and work out. I would, you know, pack my meals for the day. I would go to work after school and then maybe go to the gym. So I didn't live a typical high school life and it did teach me discipline. I will give it that it gave me structure, but what that caused for my mentality of what food, what I looked like with food was I would just walk into a gas station and want every single thing, like, you know, just in the area where there's all the candy bars and the chips. I was like, oh my gosh, as soon as I'm done with my prep, that's what I want. I would cook like unhealthy food for my family because if I couldn't have it, I could at least cook it for them. It just became this obsession that I was just like constantly thinking about food because I was just depriving myself. And I remember it was right before my competition. I was on the beach with my mom, my happy place, right? And I was crying to her because I thought I looked so fat and I was the skinniest I ever was. Like the picture of me, I looked sickly skinny. It wasn't even healthy. And I thought I was fat. And I ended up, yes, placing first place within the competition. And that did help my confidence within just knowing that I could put my mind to something and doing it. Because I feel like confidence in general when you're gaining that it has nothing to do with your looks because I still mentally was not happy with my looks but that confidence of saying that I was going to do something and doing it helped me so much and um, from there in college that mindset with just food and extra and just abusing exercise um, really took a toll and got worse and I ended up gaining a lot of weight because, you know, when we're in college, we are drinking a lot or eating that pizza at night. And I wanted to live that life so bad because I didn't have that in high school. So I would try to be super, super strict with myself during the weekdays in college. But then the weekend was an absolute free for all. And I end up developing a bad binge eating disorder from it. I would just eat as much as I could and I remember this one time my girlfriends and I did this like challenge where we would try to eat like 10,000 calories. It was disgusting. And I wouldn't even know. how. Wow. And 
and I felt so bad because I'm teaching these girls my mentality because I'm like, this is what you do. Like, I'm the, you know, person that did the bodybuilding. I'm known as the fitness girl. This is what you do. You're really, really strict with yourself and you, you know, go to two hours of like cardio going on the Stairmaster. We lived on that thing. And then on the weekends, we're like, oh, we can treat ourselves. This is our time to like enjoy it. And we that one time ate so much that I felt so guilty. It was the first time that I went upstairs and I was like, well, I'm going to throw this food up. And I was just like, it's just because I'm like really full. Like I just kept giving myself excuses, but then that mindset got worse. And then it came into laxatives and then it came into just a full, just disordered eating, binge eating disorder. And, um, it was really scary. And it was, Finally, to the point where I was done with college, I was ready to, you know, get healthier because I realized I gained so much weight from that lifestyle and I wanted to stop doing that. I wanted to get out of that cycle, but then intermittent fasting became big and I was like, oh, okay, let me try this. And I lost the 30 pounds that I gained over college and it kind of gave me that spark to get back into the fitness industry since I stopped with my shows and I was like, I do miss it in a way. So whenever I got my certification and I was doing intermittent fasting, I was like, I can help women do this. Like, this is easy. You just don't eat. It's pretty much the glamorized term of starving yourself. But doctors were saying that it's okay. I was reading all these books of doctors saying like, it's great for your metabolism. It's so healthy. You need to give your digestive system a break. And here I am trying to help women do the same thing. And it got to the point where I was like, Again, starting to gain the weight back because you always do with any diet that you do. And I looked at my husband and I was like, how am I supposed to help women if I can't help myself? And that's where I was like, I need to make this change and I need to do this the right way. And so I stopped caring about my outward appearance. I stopped searching for that weight loss. I was like, I just want to be healthy. And I had to go through all of that. I know it's a long story. I had to go through all of that in order to hit my breaking point. And that's why I'm so big on just telling women, like, you don't have to go through everything that I went through in order to have that realization for yourself. And I want to teach you and help you unlearn all of these messaging from, I mean, it's not even like the diet or the fitness industry in general. It's just like our TV shows, media, like it's just these little subtle things that they're telling women of how we're supposed to look like and the standards of what a woman's body should be like. And I was over it. And it wasn't until I had to go through all of that to get to that point of, I just want to focus on how I'm feeling on the inside is whenever I started feeling amazing and I was, it was this euphoric feeling of, oh my gosh, I, I want to be able to help women get to this point of where I'm at with my mindset. Cause like you had said in the beginning, it all came from my mindset. It wasn't some particular diet. It wasn't a certain food group I'm taking out or anything like that. It was just healing my mindset and having that realization for myself. My God. I mean, I have so <laughs> many questions right now, <laughs> but basically what I'm getting is that from your the, the, the time where your body was like at the most fit, you were not happy. When right. you were in college, binge eating, you were not happy. You were doing intermittent, intermittent fasting. You were not happy. Right. So it's all of these like high and low, like these extremes, basically, that still didn't provide any results because, yeah, maybe your body looked a certain way. 
but your mind was still carrying the weight. You didn't see yourself that way. So, okay. So from that euphoric moment where you're like, okay, like I'm over all of that. Like, I just want to be happy. I just want to be grounded. What did you do? What was like the transformation? What did it look like? It took time. Um, It didn't happen overnight. It took honestly a couple years to get me to a good point of where I'm at today. Uh, But it all started with just stop restricting myself. I let myself have what I wanted uh, when it came to food. And I realized what food freedom actually was whenever I did that, because there was no rules that I had set on myself. So if we were at a birthday party, typically what I would do is beforehand, you know, do maybe a workout or two workouts because I wanted to have that birthday cake. But instead of the, the next time around of what I did was I wasn't restricting myself in any way. I wasn't over-exercising. I was just like, if I want birthday cake, I'm going to have it. And I realized it wasn't doing anything different to my body. Like it wasn't something that it was sticking to me like I used to think it was. Um, I did a lot of education on nutrition in general in a healthy way. Um, I got my nutrition certification and that helped me just understand how the body truly works and how your metabolism, your hormones, these, all of these things come into play mm-hmm. one point or another. And especially just as we are getting older, you're seeing a lot more women with a lot of hormonal issues. And a lot of it stems from what we've done to our bodies um, for a really long time of just abusing or just skipping meals, over exercising, all of these things. So educating myself on that stuff really helped. Um, and I just learned through my mindset to stop talking so negatively about myself. I always told myself, you need to talk to yourself like you're talking to your best friend because oh, you would 100%. never. 100%. Yes. Right. You would never tell your best friend that she's fat. So why are you saying that to yourself sort of thing? And that really helped me, but it was a constant just working at it and just being present, thinking of what I'm grateful for right now. The fact that I can get up and walk outside is a miracle because some people can't do that. They don't have the privilege to do that. Um, So it's just like we had mentioned all the way in the beginning of just the little things they really come a long way. And I think what's really difficult in this day and age is the instant gratification that everyone gets through doing some sort of extreme diet because you're going to see results in the beginning and you think this is your answer, but it actually is going to hurt you in the long run. And you sometimes have to go through that in order to understand that. Um, But, you know, talking to yourself like your best friend, being patient with yourself and just putting no restrictions on yourself, no rules for yourself and focus just on how you're feeling on the inside. Um, And those were the things that really helped me throughout the years get to where I'm at today. I was listening to your podcast yesterday while I was prepping dinner and you mentioned something that really resonated with me, something that you did. Um, And it's writing a list of 25 things that you love about yourself that has nothing to do with your physique. 100%. Yes. And I, and you mentioned that it was hard. And it's actually something I was like thinking all morning and I haven't done it yet. But it's really hard to come up with a couple of things already. So it is a challenge. But I think it's an amazing tip. It's hard because it's like we don't, 
We don't think of those things all the time. We're always bashing ourselves and what we hate about ourselves. And that's what we're focusing on. We're not focusing on all the unique, amazing things about ourselves. And what I had to do in the beginning was straight up Google it. Like I Googled examples of, I just looked up like a hundred things I love about myself and it gave me some ideas. And then from there, it got my brain thinking and that really helped me. And those 25 things that I picked out of like that one, 100 um, tips or list of things, it, I just kept writing those down and reminding myself. Cause one thing that I've learned throughout this is just our brain in general and how us humans work. We remember more of the bad than the good because the bad has an effect on our nervous system. The good doesn't. And I can't remember the exact number, but they said, like, if a bad thing happens to you, you're going to remember that that's going to be a part of your long term memory. Something good happens to you. It's not a part of your long term memory. And so it's hard to remember. So we actually have to write these things down. I think it's 92 percent. We remember 92% of the negative versus 8% of the positive. Yes, thank you. And so it's like the constantly just writing those down and being those reminders for ourselves for you to remember those positives like you do the negative. And it helps so much. I love that. Like, I really resonated with that tip. I, I know that I, and I had to talk to you about it today because I know it's going to like help other women as well. Because we, again, like we don't. We, we always compliment one another, you know, like, oh, your hair looks good today. Ooh, what's that shade of, I don't know, like lip gloss or whatever. But we never say like, oh my God, like your heart is so open or you have so much compassion or, you know, like we, we don't. And it's really something that I think we need to like dive more into as a society. But again, like it's, it's shifting like the entire culture that we live in because everything is is on image, you know, like video, photos, websites, everything. That's why I love podcasting so much. It's like true personality. Right. And just having these conversations are so valuable and you don't get this stuff from Google. (laughs) Google's not going to tell you this. And something that like how you had mentioned getting those compliments of like act of your physical body, whenever I was getting a lot of attention from doing those shows I was at my unhappiest, but those people fueling me, telling me, you look amazing. Oh my gosh, I see your abs. Like, that's crazy that you lost all that weight. Like that was almost fueling me to keep going when I'm like this, I'm so unhappy. Like, so I really try now myself, if I see someone that has lost weight, I don't compliment them on that anymore because you don't know what they're going through. You don't, they, they could be me where they're starving themselves and over exercising and breaking out in hives to just look a certain way. So I always try to give them a compliment based on who they are as a person instead of what they actually look like. And I love that. It's so important. <laughs> okay, let's just pause this epi for one quick second because guys, I want to share with you Bougie Breakfast Babe. This is my free e-cookbook, which I'm so excited about because you guys are always sliding into my DMs asking me, Em, what's the recipe for this smoothie? What's the recipe for this amazing vegetarian good-looking quiche? Like, okay, I made an entire free ebook for you guys. It includes 15 of my favorite easy on-the-go healthy breakfast that will definitely keep you you satisfied, filled up, and really get your healthy 
savory or sweet cake in. And I'm also including my favorite vegetarian and vegan hacks because why would we compromise, you know? So there's no more skipping breakfast, no more excuses to not eating, not having time, whatever it is, because I made this bougie breakfast babe so easy, accessible, and free for you guys. So enjoy. It is linked in the show notes. Let's get back into this epi. It's so true. Like we don't know what's happening emotionally, mentally, energetically in someone's body for them to lose or gain the weight. Because when I was like, when I was younger, I was going to say when I was small, when I was younger, um, I would always get the opposite. Like I was so tiny that I was always constantly being told you need to put the weight on, you need to put the weight on. But people didn't know that that was a struggle for me. You know, it was not that I was not capable or not wanting to, but they, people don't know behind the scenes. And now it's the opposite. Oh, you've put on some weight. Well, yeah, I had a baby, you know, like I'm older. Like, And now it's like a trigger, but like, I don't like those compliments. And I feel like most women, we, it's not, it's not, how do I want to say this? It's a compliment and let's accept it. But there's so much baggage coming with the compliment that you don't know the damage that it does internally. Exactly. You don't know how much you're hurting that person by actually doing that, but you're just trying to give them a compliment and be nice. I was that person. I remember I used to work at this hit gym and I would see people lose weight and I'm like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. And I'm thinking that's like firing them up. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is horrible to do that. You need to be like more so giving them the compliment of the fact that you showed up today is amazing because some people just putting their tennis shoes on and getting out the door is really hard within itself. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they showed up to move their body is something that's incredible. Uh, Yeah, I completely agree. And it's like the emotion, like it's just like the energy of like how you're feeling post-workout or post going for a walk or a puppy walk. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing, even like just a silly dance in your kitchen. I was just doing that before recording. And it was just like, it's the energy that you pick up, you know, it's, that's the way that you're going to feel for the rest of your day. Exactly. It's not because your abs are showing. We do love abs. Like we do want to look a certain way for like our, like our body types, but it's just how you're going to feel afterwards. And if you're going to feel like destructive and you're going to like, I don't know, it's Friday where I'm going to have pizza tonight. For sure. I'm going to have pizza. That's my thing. I love it. I'm not going to restrain myself because I worked out or because I'm trying to like look a certain way by summertime, you know? So let's talk about sustainability for you. Like as uh, like a trainer, as in like nurture and nutrition, I can never say this word, nutrition certified coach, like <laughs> sustainability fun. and like weight loss or like weight stability look like for you? Like, what do you have to say about that? So on the fitness side of things, like working out wise, what you want to ask yourself is what can I keep up in 10 years and go from there? Mm-hmm. Because If you're someone that really wants to lose weight right now and you're like, I'm going to go to the gym every single day, well, are you going to actually keep that up? Probably not. So you're going to lose that weight and then eventually gain it back, unfortunately. And we're back to that yo-yo cycle again. So you want to make sure that you're making realistic goals for yourself. So I always, when I first asked myself that, I was like, you know, three, three days out of the week. 
I think that's realistic for me. And if I do workouts, do you do? I stick with strength training. I'm huge on strength training, whether that be through weights, um, through Pilates is great as well. Um, but I typically am just solely focused on strength training and I do walking and coming from the person that used to run on the treadmill 24 seven and do hit classes, like a crazy lady, I've gone to that. And that's something that is very sustainable for me. I love walking outside. I want to buy a walking pad. I keep telling myself like, you, you know, have to. oh my I God, have I have one. It's right there. I love it. Especially in the wintertime. Yes. No, it's like literally no excuses. Exactly. Um, but those are the two things that I typically stick with. And if I ever want to add, you know, just go do a class here and there to change things up. I'll do that. I'm not a huge class goer. Um, I just think that there is, it depends on the goals that you have. If you're someone that's like, I just want to move my body and feel healthy. I think going to a Pilates and bar or some sort of circuit training that has strength training involved with it is definitely beneficial. But I have certain goals that I do want to achieve. And one of the main things is building muscle because the more muscle that we do have on our body, the healthier we are going to be in the long run. And that's going back to longevity. I want to make sure whenever I'm in my 60s and 70s that I can still play with my grandkids. I can still pick up my groceries without asking anyone to do it for me. I always try to think of my older self and the more muscle that we have, we're going to be able to do that on top of it's going to help fuel that metabolism um, because that's what a lot of women are lacking right now. They think, Oh, as I'm getting older, my metabolism is just going to slow down. Yes, in a sense, as we get older, our bodies are going to evolve and they're going to change and some things don't work as great, but we have control over our metabolism to a certain degree. And that's through just learning how to fuel our body. And these women that are doing 1200 calorie diets or less, they are destroying themselves. It's a formula for a slow metabolism. Um, And a lot of women that I work with are typically eating that amount because they're afraid to eat because they know, well, I'm going to gain weight. Um, so actually educating women on how much they need for their height, their weight and their age, because everyone's different. Mm-hmm. One particular you know, amount of calories or macros that one person's having is not going to be the amount that you should be having because everyone's individual. Um, so really working on that side of things with just teaching them how to build their metabolism um, is something that's huge within my business. Do you count or recommend counting? Depends on the person. I, I'm i not huge on it. I'm more so worried about how much protein you're getting in. Yeah. Um, I'm not huge on like, you know, even looking at your carbs and your fats, because at the end of the day, those are two fuel sources that you need. Um, yeah. Right, exactly. So it's more so just looking at protein and understanding how much you should be having for your body. Uh, but no, I'm not big on calorie counting at all. <laughs> Such a waste of time <laughs> and energy. <laughs> so, okay. So what about like, like, um, like on a plate, like on a, like a regular day for you, like what would eating sustainable, what would that? Yeah. So I breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. I love breakfast. I used to with intermittent fasting. I skipped that for years and I was not having breakfast. Exactly. I was doing intermittent. I cannot say these words. What's going on? 
I would not. <laughs> I would not eat breakfast. Like I was, like I said before, not hungry, not having the time, just not my thing. I was not into it at all. So I remember my nutritionist was actually like praising the fact that I was like naturally in ketosis. Oh, and at one point, <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. And a couple of months ago, I was dealing with anxiety again, and I just decided to have breakfast one random morning because I was thinking I'm like, I have a five-year-old, like nearly five-year-old. I'm asking him to eat breakfast every morning, but I'm not teaching him. So I started having breakfast with him and it really, yeah, it's like such a game changer, but it really brought my anxiety down. And so I stopped intermittent fasting at the exact same time. And I love it. Like I love eating breakfast now. So like the fact that it's like your favorite meal, like I finally get what you're saying. (laughs) Right. You were, when you were able to make that connection, which is huge, you were like, okay, my anxiety went down when I had breakfast in the morning and I'm teaching my son a valuable lesson that we need to make sure that we're eating breakfast because, and I've had this conversation with um, other clients of mine that they want to set a good example for their children. And it's not just girls, it's boys as well. And just from my mom seeing what she struggled with her whole life, I did catch on to that. And I caught on to, well, I need to diet like she is because this is what she's doing to look this good. And you're setting such a good example for your son, which is huge. Um, So for breakfast, you just want to make sure that you are having protein. I am huge on protein. We need to have protein in each meal. Um, I unfortunately cannot have eggs because my skin breaks out horribly whenever I have eggs. Oh my God. And my I'm, son's deadly allergic to eggs. Really? So it's, I have like all these hacks. I love eating egg free. <laughs> right. And it's just something that is, it's a high um, allergy food. It affects a lot of people. And I think it's because I abuse them so much because it was just the easiest way to get protein in. Yeah. It, sometimes when you have something so much, you overuse your enzymes and then it causes inflammation within your body. So that's what I was going through. And I've never necessarily have had acne growing up. I was definitely blessed with not having that. But um, just as you know, a person that's in their late 20s now seeing these pimples on my face, I'm like, what is going on? Um, So I had to just do some deep diving to see like, what is causing this? And it was eggs that uh, was causing a lot of the inflammation on my face. So I take that out, but I do substitute with any uncured, which is like a nitrate free um, turkey bacon, regular bacon's good too. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. Everyone says like bacon's horrible. It's going to raise your cholesterol. You don't have to worry about that. You got to eat a lot of bacon in order for that to happen. (laughs) Um, Just like chicken sausage, any sort of breakfast sausage, um, or I'll just make like smoothies or have some Greek yogurt or something like that. So just try to keep it simple. Protein is the staple. And then some sort of fruit or vegetable. So I normally do stick with like some blue, a cup of blueberries or strawberries. I love grapes um, in the morning and then nothing wrong with carbs. I was scared to death to have carbs. And I know that you were just talking about how going into ketosis, that was something else that I did as well. I just was like, I don't want to, when I was telling my story, just keep going down the list of all the different diets I've done. But I was scared to death of carbs at a certain point as well. I have a half a bagel every morning with some vegan cream cheese. And it is my favorite thing that I have in the morning that I look forward to. Nothing wrong with having a bagel. 
I love bagels. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Whenever I go to New York, I bring back like bags. <laughs> and there's like this. Oh, New York bagels are so good too. The Montreal <laughs> bagels are good too. So there's always like this competition between which ones are better. That's hilarious. I love it. I just I need- you can have them both. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So what about lunchtime? Or like, do you snack? Um, give or take. Some days I'm hungrier than others. And I like to try to listen to my hunger cues as much as possible and really work on just being intuitive with myself. Um, so normally I am the busiest in the morning. So after my breakfast, I do typically go right into lunch um, a couple hours later. And with lunch, honestly, I, it, it can be from dinner that I have, like leftovers from dinner that I have. I can, I'll make just a little wrap, but again, I'm always just prioritizing what is going to be my protein. And I kind of make my meal around that. I'm a huge bowl girl. Like I love making different bowls. I'll make like a salmon bowl. I love sushi. So any way that I can like recreate sushi, that's my favorite go-to. Um, but I always make sure in those bowls, there's a protein, some sort of carb, which typically I'll do quinoa or jasmine rice, and then a vegetable on top of that. And there's nothing wrong with adding a little bit of sauce to give it some flavor. So I'll do maybe some Greek yogurt with the seasoning in it um, and just make that a sauce for myself. I love from, I believe it's Aldi. Do you have an Aldi near you at all? Do you know what that is? Oh, what is it? It's big in Pittsburgh, but then there are a couple around the country, but it's this grocery store that is just a little on the cheaper side. And we know with healthy food, especially the prices are going up crazy right now. Um, You save a lot of money there and they have one of this like sweet and sour and bang, bang sauce. And it's just kind of like, you know, what you add on your sushi. So I'll put that on top of my bowls. And that's like something that I am absolutely obsessed with. So that's pretty much my lunches. (laughs) Do you meal plan? To a certain degree. My husband, um, just because he works a lot, I try to help him as much as possible because I'm working at home. He's always in the office. So I will try to make a lot of, um, you know, two different proteins, uh, maybe like one or two carbs and then a bunch of fruit and vegetables. So like our go-to will be sauteed peppers and onions. Like I'll make a bunch of those for the week and you can add that on anything. You can add that on tacos, bowls, sandwiches. So it's like a good go-to to to make sure you're getting those vegetables in. I can even throw it on salads. Um, And then we'll pick different proteins throughout the week. So Right now we're big on steak and salmon. Next week it might be chicken and fish. So we always just try to change it because the one thing about how I mentioned whenever I was overdoing the eggs, you don't want to eat the same thing all the time. Because when that happens, you're overusing your digestive enzymes and it can be to the point where your your digestive enzymes don't know how to break your food down as well. And that's where a lot of bloating can cause and things like that. Inflammation in our body. So I like to change it up, but I just keep it basic. I'm not someone that's like always on Pinterest looking at all of these different recipes because it takes time and we're busy people. So I just try to keep it basic and add some sauces and seasonings to give it some flavor. And it's good enough for us. So basically dinner becomes a leftover that you're being creative with. Pretty much. Yeah. I love that. Is there anything that you're like, okay, this is like, I I think I know the answer to what you're going to say, but still going to ask, do you, do you, um, how do I want to say this? 
is there like a cheat meal or you just balance everything so there is no cheat like because you're like giving yourself permission all the time and you're just that's a great question I used to be huge on cheat meals I would call I hated the word cheat so I would call it a free meal but what I realized what that was doing to me is making it like such a big part of my week like oh my gosh I get to have my cheat meal and I would end up eating like a thousand calories within just that one cheat meal because I just couldn't get enough because I knew I'm not going to have this for an entire week so I might as well get it in right now so I stopped doing that I let myself just have what I want and I have dessert every single night I do right now you go to trade. Is there a Trader Joe's near you at all? No, we. I mean, I need to like <laughs> drive to Plattsburgh, which is like the closest. I uh, know it's actually Burlington. Oh, gee, so it is pretty. Which close is like a two-hour drive. Oh, I wish to go to Trader Joe's. I wish you had one close to you because there are oh. so many great just little desserts that they have there that are so good. But I always try to just pick like once a week I'll like change it up I'm huge on ice cream I love ice cream so right now we have these like dairy-free little chocolate they kind of look like drumsticks in a way that my husband and I will have every night but we just change it up and there's nothing wrong with having some sort of dessert every single night because it teaches you you can have this whenever you want sometimes I don't want dessert sometimes I'm like no I'm, I'm good I'm full from my dinner I don't need it and that's really when I experienced what food freedom was. It's not necessarily like you can eat whatever you want and not feel guilty over it. It's the fact that you can and sometimes you don't want it because I always wanted a dessert. I always needed it. And now it's give or take. But for right now, we stick to having like our little ice cream cone at night. I mean, and it's like human nature. As soon as you cannot have something, you want even more of it. Exactly. So I love the fact that we're like diving into food freedom. Like honestly love that for you. Like given like all of your history, I love the fact that you're at a place now that you're just like, no, I can have whatever I want. I can feel as good as I am. And I can like, just enjoy the workouts. I don't have to like restrict myself or like burn myself out and be constantly in inflammation, like literally with the hives and all like that's intense. Right. Right. And it was, I mean, I had to go through it in order to get to where I'm at today. So feel like I wouldn't change anything, but I want to make sure that women don't have to go through the same thing that I went through because it sucked. Like just being obsessed with it constantly and just feeling overly consumed health and fitness shouldn't feel like it's your life. It can be a part of your life, but not your entire life. A lifestyle. Exactly. Something that's sustainable. Um, before we close off, I want to talk about sleep and stress because you mentioned this in the intake form. And I was just like, yeah, that is something very important to dive into. What are your best tips for managing your sleep, your stress levels? Because again, like stress levels affect our cortisol. Cortisol will like stock up on our, especially like as women, like in our abdomen and our stomachs. And that it's just like this, like this cycle that we're just not vibing with. Talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, stress is something that if you aren't able to, if you don't know how to manage it, nothing else is going to work, unfortunately. And what's hard about stress is there's only, only so much you can control because 
you know, we might have a stressful job, but we got to pay our bills. So we have to go to that every single day. So it's more so of figuring out how you can manage the stress that you can control first off and being aware of it because your body doesn't know how to detect physical stress that you're putting on your body versus the mental stress. It just thinks that you're stressed out. So it's going to raise your cortisol in order to save you. Cortisol isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's when we produce too much of it. So if you are someone that's working out all the time and say that's your coping mechanism, say it's like, this is how I feel good. I need to make sure I'm getting to the gym, but you're realizing while you're doing that, your body is aching and it's sending those signals of, Hey, I need a break. You need to just give me a couple days. You got to listen to that. Um, so being able to control that by lowering the type of workouts that you're doing or the intensity can be a game changer within itself. Um, and then when it comes to just sleep on top of it, whenever we're not getting enough sleep, that's a lot of stress on our body and how you had mentioned where we can get that, like, uh, the fat around our stomach, it's almost looks like a tire around our belly area. That's our body's way of survival by pushing the fat to that area. Cause it's trying to protect you because it thinks that you're in fight or flight right now. So there is no way we're going to be able to lose this weight. We're actually going to hold on to it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with sleep, you just want to make sure you are getting those seven to eight hours. If you're getting five to six hours, your body is going to recognize that um, it's going to make a imbalance within your cortisol. It's going to make it harder for you to be able to fall asleep and stay asleep because when your cortisol is imbalanced, sometimes you'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning and be like, why the heck am I wide awake right now? Hormones. Um, exactly. Right. Hormones <laughs> are, they're a bitch. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so with sleep, I like to just like start off people with like three basic tips to just help them be able to tell their body it's time to wind down. The first thing that I do is I like to put my phone on do not disturb um, about two hours before I do go to bed because there's no need to really check my email, be texting anyone at that time. Anyways, I want to try to spend more time with my husband and have conversations with him when he gets home from work. Uh, but you know, there's sometimes I feel like I am addicted to my phone and always scrolling on social media. So my husband literally has to be like, get off your phone. Like, <laughs> because sometimes I, I'm addicted to it. It's horrible. So I put my phone on do not disturb, try to put it away from me. And then I wear these blue light blockers at night to get that blue light away from your eyes, because just looking at screens, looking at the TV, even if you're reading a book on your Kindle, that's still blue light getting into your eyes. So those blue light blockers is going to help reduce that cortisol and raise your melatonin levels naturally. Um, So we like to just watch like our favorite TV show before we do go to bed. So that's something that I'll just put those um, blue light blockers on. He makes fun of me, but it helps me wind down so much. Um, And then the next thing is lowering the lights. If you can't dimming your lights, because again, bright light, even if it's not blue light is going to keep you up. And you got to teach your body that, you know, when the sun's going down, if it's not going down at 530 at night, um, that we want to wind down with the sun, we want to wind down with the light. So lowering the light at night, and then keeping your room cool, 
how many times have you woken up and like taken off your shirt because you're just so hot in the morning? Cause heat actually does wake us up as well. So keeping your room around like 65 to 68 degrees is normally my sweet spot that I'm not going to be waking up in the middle of the night. And those things alone teach my body that it's a safe space. It's time to go to bed and unwind and I can fall asleep at a decent time. I love that. I love like a pitch block room as well. Like no light. Now we're going to be changing the hour in a couple of days. So I know it's going to be very, I think, I always get it confused, but I think it's going to be lighter earlier. If I'm not mistaken. I believe so. We like, we lose an hour, right? Yeah, we do something with the time. (laughs) (laughs) But it means that it's going to not get dark very early. And I'm so here for that. Yeah, that and my son sleeps with a sound machine. And yeah. so his room is right besides ours. And now I picked up on the habit of like having a sound machine. Oh, yeah. I need to hear something. I We have a fan that goes off and that helps me by like. Any... Noise. Right. Exactly. I love that. Babes, how can people get in contact with you? How can they like help? Are you taking uh, clients currently? Yes, uh, my roster just opened up for April, so I am taking clients right now. Um, you can find me at on Instagram and TikTok. It's Corinne Brown underscore fit. My name's spelled weird. It's C-O-R-Y-N. It's really hard to pronounce, um, but you can find me there just through my social media. I do have a podcast. It is called The Gray Space Podcast, and Just like the conversation we had, this is what I really talk about on my podcast. I'm teaching you how to unlearn what the diet industry has taught us for so many years. I give you, you know, all the things that I've gone through and how we can really get to the gray within it because fitness can be so black and white. Yeah. I love how you like talk about that. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. I just rebranded it. I used to do the podcast with my mom, but she unfortunately is leaving me. She's moving to Florida. And um, as easy as it is to be able to do it online, it was more so that I was like, you know what, you're busy enough with just moving and everything. Let me take this over. Um, Because she's the sole reason that I got into this uh, fitness industry to begin with. And she's helped me so much along the way. So I have to give a lot of credit to her. That's for sure. Um, But then you can also just go to my website. uh, It's cbfit.online. And you guys can apply for one-on-one coaching. And I offer free consultations there. Well, we're going to link everything in the show notes. So everyone can like just find you very easily. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love spending this time with you. Like this is like such an important conversation. And the fact that we had it together. Love, love, love it. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love this conversation. It's so important and I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for spending time listening to this episode. It would mean the world to me if you would leave a five-star rating and review because it helps get the podcast to even more listeners. So don't forget to hit subscribe and pop the champagne. You are meant to celebrate this fantastic life of yours. Mwah!